What's going on, crazy people? Welcome to episode one of the Athletic HQ podcast. My name is Andy. I will be your host, and I'm so pumped to actually have this first episode underway. There's so much great content that I want to deliver to you guys, but I'm going to try and break it up into small bite-sized portions so that's easy to digest and you get the clearest information that you can. Leading into this podcast, I posted something on Instagram and said, could you guys just comment what you want to hear about? And we had some fantastic suggestions, and we've selected five winners to sort of map out those first five podcasts, but the suggestions were so epic that I think we've got almost this first season worth of content ready to go. The first uh, winner was from Carly who wanted us to talk about nutrition and meal planning. And I thought this is an excellent first episode because of the fact that it's general, it's broad. We get to talk about what's really important. We don't deep deep dive on the nuances because I just want you guys to understand what is going to be the best foundation for you. With, With nutrition, we talk about the same concepts again and again and again. We talk about energy balance, your calories in versus your calories out. We talk about macronutrients, your proteins, your fats, your carbohydrates. To a lesser extent, we might even talk about your micronutrients like your iron, your B vitamins, your calcium. These things are what's going to make up your nutrition and the food that you're putting in your body. Now, depending on the goals and the environment that you live in, that's going to make up what nutrition is going to be best for you. People often look for what is going to be the ideal uh, program for them. I often say that if it's something that you enjoy and it gets you the results you're after, then that is literally perfect. Too many people are trying to condemn those who aren't eating the same way that they are or they're saying these people eat so healthy, they must be so happy. The truth is there's only two things you need to care about, your happiness and your results. And sometimes they're tied in. If you get results, you feel more happy or if you feel happy, you get better results. You need to find out the context that is right for you. So as I mentioned before, understanding calories in and calories out is a very important equation because just like your financial intelligence, understanding how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, this is going to be the same thing when it comes to your nutrition. Now, people, the first thing people say when you start mentioning calories is that, oh my God, I love food too much. It's not about restriction. You need to understand that when there's give, there's also take and you need to know what lifestyle that you've got. If you're happy with your lifestyle, you've got great health and you feel uh, confident and happy each day, you don't need to have somebody pin poke at all these different parts of your lifestyle. Oh, you shouldn't have that cake. Oh, you've eaten too much pasta. That's not what this whole process is about. We as personal trainers and health professionals get similar cases again and again and again. And I'm gonna try and talk to you about the most common one, which is fat loss. People come in for whatever reason, whether it's their own personal goal or it's something that they've battled for a long time or they used to look a particular way and they'd like to get back to that state, they want to lose body fat. Now, the first thing you want to do, just like saving for a house, is understand how much we expend on a day-to-day basis. Are you somebody who has a very labor-intensive job? You're walking around all the time and you're, you know, I don't know, a fully qualified electrician or are you somebody who's got a desk job where you drive to work and you sit there for eight to nine hours now again people condemn the desk jobs we have to be able to make a living and there's nobody that understands that better than me i want you guys to understand that making a living comes first because you are able to then provide for your family and do things that you love the only time that that gets compromised is if you hate it if you hate everything about it and you feel stuck now i don't want to judge people who work at a desk you just need to find ways to accommodate that lifestyle whether it's becoming more active on your lunch break whether it's parking your car further away from your work so that you can get those extra steps in but you need to lead as healthy a lifestyle as you can not just from a weight loss perspective but from the long term cardio 
cardiovascular benefits, from the long-term uh, mindset benefits. Um, and unlike your finances, which we can keep, you know, carefully hidden, <laughs> our health is often reflected in our body. We People can see when we're tired, we're unmotivated, when we're struggling to move a lot more. So that's why I think it's much more of a priority for certain people. So there's so many calculators you can find on the internet regarding your calories. You can even use apps now where they tell you how much they think you should be eating. Uh, but I heard a really great summary from uh, Ben Carpenter. He's a fantastic um, influence on Instagram. He posts really great evidence-based content. Basically, the idea is that if you're eating consistently throughout the week and your weight is staying the same, we can consider that a maintenance amount of calories. If the way that you're currently eating is forcing your body to lose weight, then you're probably eating inside of a deficit, less than what you're burning. If you're gaining weight week in, week out, it's a good indicator that we're in a surplus. Now, that might seem very basic in nature, but it applies a very... um, good overarching framework around this principle of calories in and calories out. Now, the big X factor is things change. You're not often going to eat identically every day and you're not going to just going to be the same amount of activity level every single day. So with that, you might eat accordingly. Weight loss is not an overnight thing. So weight loss isn't something where if I eat before I go to bed at a certain time, it's going to mean that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be lighter because scales aren't something you take around with you. So the number, although it's important that in the morning, oh, this morning I was bloody 89.1 and now I'm 91. It doesn't matter. These people don't have a scales that's attached to their hip where you can see the number as they're walking down the street. You need to think about your own self image and your own respect. If you can respect your body and respect your work ethic, it doesn't really matter what that number says. But when it comes to fat loss, as opposed to weight loss, we're trying to preserve lean muscle mass. Now, people hear that and they think, okay, great, I'm just going to look like a bodybuilder. I'm talking about the lean muscle mass that we all have on our frame. Everybody has muscles, whether they're big or they're small. You want to preserve that when you're trying to lose body fat. You don't want to be in a state where you're in a constant deficit, you're losing weight, but you're also then body's breaking down protein in order to, uh, you know, use for energy. So, with that, you got to think about your macronutrients, which are our proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Macronutrients, the worst words that we can use around macronutrients are good and bad. People say, is protein good? Is carbs bad? Once again, goals, lifestyle, are you happy? Are you enjoying the way that you're eating? Is it giving you the result that you want? For the most part, the people that we're getting in, they aren't happy with their current state and they're not getting the results they want. So you make some adjustments and it's an iterative process. So when you give somebody, say their first protein recommendation, like 1.5 grams of protein per uh, kilo of body weight, and they go, excellent. Well, how much are you eating at the moment? They go away, they're only eating 50 grams a day and you've recommended that they eat 95. That is the first instance where they get to reflect and look at what is going to need to change in order for them to meet this goal. Throughout that process, they get to know, do I like eating meat? Do I like supplementing with protein powder? Am I a vegan or vegetarian? So there's so many aspects that go into that, but that's why it's an iterative process. The first step is figuring out your goal or sort of thing that you're in a deficit from where you where you want to be for some reason. You're aspiring to lose a certain amount of weight or whatever. The second one is to put together any plan that you think will work for you. It sounds like you would be engaged you're going to follow it and most importantly it's geared towards the result that you're after after you reviewed that after maybe eight to 12 weeks and you've seen how your personality has adjusted to this dieting protocol you get to get rid of some of the bad 
and go, double down on some of the good and then create another iteration and then go again. Every time you create an iteration on your dieting protocol, you get better. So if you're somebody who cut out carbs the first time and you said, I'm just going to get rid of carbs because that's the only way. The reason why a lot of people will see physical change when they cut out carbs, well, one of two reasons for the most part. Number one, carbohydrates are stored within our liver. They're stored within our muscle. They're stored within our blood. This is a good thing. This isn't a negative. This is just where they're stored so they can be used as glycogen later on. But what is what when you store that carbohydrate, you also store water molecules within each gram and you store three grams of water per one gram of glycogen. So what that means is that within those carbohydrate stores, you are going to be holding water, not the way that you think. You're not just walking around like a waterbed. This is a good thing. This is something that we want, particularly if it's stored within the muscle. And so if you were to cut carbohydrates out, your bodies will start to deplete those stores of glycogen, which in turn will remove those water stores. So over the course of two weeks, you might see a dramatic drop in weight, although that was not a reflection of fat. We're talking about glycogen and water. That's the first reason. But the second reason why you might see results, particularly from fat loss, if you cut out carbohydrates, is because you dramatically cut your calories. We're talking about a complete macronutrient. Could you imagine cutting out one third of your spending? Imagine I said to you, hey, you're going to try and save for a house. You know what this amazing plan is going to be? What? Not allowed to socialize. I wonder how much money you would spend within a year if you didn't socialize. Now, somebody out there is going, well, I don't spend any money on socializing. Well, that's the exact same thing as somebody who doesn't eat many carbohydrates. If you cut them out, it's not necessarily going to work for you. Not to mention that the restrictive nature of that diet is already going to create its own myriad of you know, antisocial behavior and, and you know, um, uh, obsessive compulsive about your, you know, what food's going in your mouth. Anyway, it's another story altogether. But that was just a reflection about how you can take a macronutrient, apply some warped thinking about removing it from your diet and see results, which may equal short-term happiness, but because of the rigidity of the diet and the strictness, ends up resulting in you basically just turfing it to the side and saying, oh, I can't do that for too long. So macronutrients are not good or bad. They are just uh, sources of nutrition that you need to utilize for your benefit. If you're somebody who is trying to build lean muscle, then you want to focus on your protein intake. Make sure you nail that and then use the remainder of your calories for your carbs and, and fats and work out what lifestyle is going to work best for you. If you have a partner, what meals do you both enjoy together? Because it's not going to make the difference if you have 32 grams of fat or 17 grams. But what is going to make the difference is the 15 minutes you spent weighing it, being antisocial, and it was the one time you meant to spend time together. Not not yeah, talking from previous experience at all. Uh, just letting you guys know that it is really exciting in the short term to get obsessed with your nutrition, but it is very important to be wary of <laughs> just if you're taking it to an extreme if you're a beginner. So macros are a huge part, but then we dive a little bit deeper into micronutrients. And this is something that I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on today because micronutrients, we're talking about things like iron, things like calcium, the B vitamins, and people attach these this minutia in their diet adds to the reason why they're not achieving what they want. Now, of course, from a mechanistic point of view, like if you want to talk about something trickling into something else, trickling into something else, trickling into something else, which means that they're going to exercise better, sure, there's a lot of micro, uh, there's a lot of arguments for micronutrient inclusion. But if you're somebody who can't afford to spend $200 a month on supplements because you've you know already struggling to make ends meet or whatever, micronutrients is not going to be the first step for you. 
that's something where we deal with quite a lot where people are coming in, they've been referred to have an iron supplement and just due to lack of knowledge or consumption, they won't know the best times to have it or they won't be eating other food which is going to uh, contain a lot of iron. And so it's one of those things where, yes, you can have the supplement, but it's costing you a lot of money and you're not really going to be reaping the benefits unless you do all these other components. If you still eat in a calorie surplus and stop exercising, there's no amount of iron supplement that's going to get you off the couch and feeling amazing and building lean muscle mass. So I just want to use that as a reference point to be start at your calories, understand and wrap your head around that process first, then break into your macronutrients. Just like with your um, with your finances, you start with how much you earn each month and how much you spend. If you can't manage that component, dealing with whether you should keep or cancel your Netflix subscription for $15 is kind of irrelevant. The Netflix subscription falls into one of the macronutrients, which is called spending on yourself. And that's something that you can review only when you've sort of understood the pattern of money in versus money out. Anyway, the quick, quick rant about that because I feel like um, with dieting, people really want to get around the minutia first as opposed to nailing the basics and it, it almost makes the whole thing come undone. So nutrition then leads on into meal planning and meal planning has so much uh, involved in, in and of itself and there's so much that I think you guys would benefit from when it's understanding what meal planning is going to be best for you because there's so many of you that are either going to be trainers, you're going to be athletes, you're going to be um, you know your average general population who's just trying to get fit, you're somebody who might not even have had their first experience with the diet. You need to go through a process of learning about your personality when it comes to meal planning. Now, a lot of people start off uh, and the most common one I get is if you just tell me exactly what to eat, like lay it out for me, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, what to eat, when to eat. It's like, it's exciting in the short term because what's happened is they've had a spike in motivation. So if they get get an autocratic type of uh, leadership style, I say, do this, do this, it's all done. Then I can follow that because there's no room for error. The problem is if you don't create lateral thought, then it creates a framework which is built to be busted out of. What happens if they have a weekend where they didn't stick to it? Then it becomes a battle of, did you do what I told you over the weekend? Oh, no, it was a bad weekend and now I'm demotivated to go back to the plan. And it's like I was saying earlier that if you want to have long-term success, you need to enjoy it and you need to get the results. If you're just results-oriented, it's a tipping, ticking time bomb before you say, oh, screw this, I'm over it, or vice versa. If you're just doing what you enjoy but you never get the results you're after, you may need to mix it up also. So with meal planning, here's the way I like to look at it. Are you somebody, you need to look at your abilities. So not everybody is a master chef. Gee, some of my clients can cook so much better than me. The ingredients that they know how to use and the portions and the way to cook like astound me. But when you give them a sort of a recipe guide or a basic breakdown of meals, they like to follow that, but they can add their own flavors in. They can make it a little bit more interesting. And so if your abilities are really high in the kitchen, you may need a meal plan which has a lot of variety. You might need recipe books. You can get some amazing recipe books out there from all different, they're not even fitness related, but we can break down the the calories and the macros to mean that, oh, this fits with it. If I portion it this particular way, I can eat all these different types of amazing meals that I've always known and loved. I just have to have a certain portion. And then you start realizing, oh, wow, I can't believe this meal is so low calorie compared to that meal. I can eat twice the amount of this meal for the same you know, caloric amount as the other meal. And so that's where the education starts to improve. And that's when it gets exciting. And so if, if you're somebody who can cook really well, then obviously recipes are going to be your go-to. If you're somebody who 
say has no good skills in the kitchen. You're like me, if anything. I can't cook well at all. I'm somebody who, if I've got the ready-made packets of rice or if I can just put some tuna in there, if I've got a Yopro, this is heaven for me. I haven't attached cooking on a regular basis with some form of excitement. I'm a busy entrepreneur who just wants to grow a business and if there's food by my side, I'm stoked. Even better if it's healthy and going to help me with my goals. So I'm somebody who needs to know what are my calories? What are my macros? How can I find things that are, that are readily available that I've always got access to that I, that can fit that? I found an amazing ready-made meal that had two serves of vegetables and it was 450 calories. I was in heaven. It had no meat and it was delicious, filled with energy. Let's grab two of those. Brilliant. If you gave me the most amazing HelloFresh recipe, but it took 45 minutes, so help me. As much as I'd love to say that when I'm motivated and on point, I'm going to get it done, that's just not for me. And maybe some of you can resonate with that. You're not always going to be a meal prepping connoisseur. The, the people who get motivated for a few minutes will do meal prep on a Sunday and they'll take a photo and say, look what I've done. I've finished all my meal prep. It's like, yes, awesome. If you enjoy doing that, brilliant. And it's getting the results. But then if you have a Sunday where you're not able to meal prep, does everything else fall down? You need to start to create a system and a routine that's going to work for you under a few different contexts. You know, have contingency plans. Let's say, let, okay, have have one like ideal plan. If I was going to do things perfectly, what would it look like? Then what does it look like when things hit the fan? What does it look like when you've had an okay week? What does it look like when you're stressed? You know, what's my go-to snacks when I'm stressed? Because having this idea where um, as long as I'm motivated, I won't need to do it. It's like everyone has their moment where they lapse. So having a few contingency plans is super awesome. And I'd love to hear what yours are. Also, time and discipline, these come into meal planning too. If you're somebody that can spend three hours on a Sunday meal prepping and you have that time at your disposal or you're making that time, then brilliant. You can get your lunches and dinners sorted for seven days, no worries. Particularly if you're using things like hamburger patties or salads or you're making some kind of rice and you've dispersed it across or sweet potato. You can really make seven days worth of meals, no problems. And to be honest, the first, you know, weighing and measuring session, that's probably the most time consuming. But once you've understood portions just on a visual standpoint, or perhaps even taken a photo on your phone, you can make your own ready-made meals. So if you learn what 80 grams of sweet potato looks like, if you learn uh, how much rice you're putting in or what that amount of chicken looks like or beef or whatever it is that you're putting in this Tupperware container on a Sunday, once you figure it out, once you have a great foundation for then the next times that you're meal prepping. Um, but I'm always excited with people that can just get a good gauge on what they're doing with their nutrition. They're not super regimented, but they understand the fundamentals like calories and macros. And of course, discipline. So there needs to be some form of discipline within your nutrition to be successful and to be successful with meal planning. And you need to decide what things you are most disciplined with and what things you struggle with. A good one for me is if it's inside my household, it's game over. So me preventing things coming through that front door is of the utmost of importance because if it gets through the front door, it's going to be in my belly. That is for sure. And if you're somebody that lives with their family who has different health and fitness goals, you'll empathize with this right now because you'll know that you want to be on track. You're on top of it. And then these fools bought some tiny teddies and you're like, mm-mm, them tiny teddies. I I don't even know what I'm talking about. I didn't, that didn't happen to me, I swear. Tim Tams though. Oh, if you can only have one Tim Tam, I don't think we can be friends. If that thing gets opened, 
that whole packet's gone. So I try and limit what comes through that front door. And that might be your thing too. I know other people that can have the whole house tricked out, but if they've got their meals in the fridge, they're like tunnel vision. Brilliant. This is a gaming system. Your brain is the game and you have to figure out how you're going to gamify that system to help achieve your goal. And a lot of people want to blame everything else. Oh, it's so bad because this person's cooking this in the house or, oh, I don't have enough money to, you know, just eat this or eat that. Or it's easy for you because of X, Y, and Z. Forget the excuses. Start thinking about what is the first step on your journey. And it's 100% not going to be the best one. I really want to reiterate that. Uh, People start their journey with health and nutrition at various stages of their life. It's often the first three or five years where you do the most outrageous, nonsensical stuff that you believed in for a while and then learnt wasn't really that effective. And that is so okay and so part of it. So if you haven't had those experiences, if you haven't failed, if you haven't learnt that the thing that you were doing really wasn't the best way, then have you really tried at all? That's what I think is the biggest problem. People are afraid to try something. And even for me, if you ask my opinion on a particular dieting protocol, what do you reckon of intermittent fasting? That's going to be a separate episode. What do you reckon of that? Well, Do you like it? Is it helping the results? Yeah, no, forget that. Is is it going to get me what I need? And you're like, only if the calories are matched, only if your macronutrients are good, only if you train. Like there's so many components that go into each one that it's not necessarily going to work. You need to try it. If you come back four weeks later, you're like, man, ever since I did intermittent fasting, I'm killing it. My body looks amazing. I feel amazing. Then I'm going to be clapping. I'm excited. I'm not trying to tear you down because the idea might not be valid in certain other cases. We're trying to just figure out what's going to work for you. Okay. And then in 12 weeks time, you might realize intermittent fasting sucks, man. It's all about being vegan, whatever. Those types of people who jump from diet to diet to diet are in their learning phase. And that's important. I don't want to mess with that. Everyone's got to go through their learning phase as long as they're open-minded and they understand that there's a lot of things that they need to take into consideration. Well, weary of time, I don't want to go too crazy long, but I hope that gave you some great foundations around nutrition and meal planning. It gave you an insight into uh, my brain when it comes to those particular topics. I didn't want to deep dive too crazy on any particular idea in episode one. I just wanted to get a good foundation out there and basically get this episode finished. So I'm so, so pumped. I can't reiterate it enough. I'm so pumped to have this podcast up and going. If you have listened to this and you enjoy it, I appreciate beyond any amount uh, if you could share this or let people know to listen in. It means the world to me to try and spread this kind of message and to get across to as many people as possible. So sharing anything on your Instagram or your Facebook or letting somebody know to give it a listen means the world. I appreciate that. Um, Look into the footnotes for all details around getting in contact if you want us to talk about a particular topic i hope you guys have enjoyed episode one as much as i've enjoyed telling it to you guys so have a great one and stay classy san diego